Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Before we start today, a trigger warning to anybody listening that we'll be discussing domestic violence and family violence. So if you don't feel that you're comfortable yet to listen to an episode on this skip it and definitely don't listen to it with children in the car. Are you or your children being exposed to family violence? This episode is going to be for you. We are tackling a topic that is not much talked about, but it is how domestic violence and family violence can affect your children's matters in the family court. Remembering that there are two different courts. One is the domestic violence court. One is the the family court. And then we'll be talking about the five things you can do to help the court understand the impact of that family violence on the kids and on you. Welcome, Mum. (laughs) Hello, Laura. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Now, this is a meaty subject. Mm. And of course, again, disclaimer, this is general advice only, which means you must go see a lawyer. Don't rely on any of this information for making decisions for your individual cases. And the the domestic violence courts in each state are different, but none of them is... Um, associated with the family court, so yes. two different co- courts. So, so we're talking about the family court, Mum. Yes, and I know we've talked about this in other episodes, and I'll put in the links in the show notes to all the other violent, domestic violence, family violence, mm. coercive control episodes we've done. So if you are experiencing that, go and listen to those mm. as well. But this is about not the domestic violence part of court in another court Mm. because the states look after that. Mm -hmm. This is about the family court. Well, uh, to give it its proper new title, the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia or the FCFCOA. Such a snappy little title. Yes. (laughs) Snappy little name. (laughs) But um, in, in that, they don't... Do the protection orders, the no. AVOs or whatever they're called, or DV things? The court has power. The family court has some power to order someone to be of good behaviour mm-hmm. um, towards another person, um, but it doesn't often do it because the state courts really have that jurisdiction covered. Okay. Now, I think a lot of people uh, who have not been in the family law system or don't understand, have never gone through... No one really mm. watches TV shows about this sort of stuff. No. They just assume, oh, there's family violence or it's DV, then mm. obviously the other parent doesn't see the child at all. And that's a myth, isn't it? It is. It so is. it is an initial, straight off the bat, just because there's domestic violence or family violence... Yeah, that's right. Doesn't it mean... Doesn't automatically mean no time. Yeah. Sometimes it does mean no time with mm-hmm. the parent... Uh, but it doesn't automatically. So it's kind of the the person's job then, whoever it is, who's who's the safe parent, yes, to do these five things that we're going to talk yes. about to show the court. Come on, guys, yes, to show this, the extent this isn't safe, and to or, ha- yeah, yeah, and to help the court make a decision mm. uh, in the best interests of the children. So you're the children's advocate mm-hmm. in this. So you've got to try and put aside your um, quite. Um, it, I can understand people being absolutely um, devastated by domestic violence and it may have been the thing that made you separate in the mm. first place, mm. um, but the court doesn't hold the view that domestic violence means an end to the relationship uh, between the child and the parent. Mm. Um, so it, it's a tricky field. Now, there's safeguards that the court seems to think will help mm. in regards to that. You were saying before we start, the court is of the view to an extent that once 
the person's left the family mm. thing that the violence doesn't continue. Well, that's certainly been a view that that there, there's been this um, concept. Uh, I think it's still around that some of the uh, violence, family violence, which is let's face it, physical and emotional and psychological abuse. Uh, and financial abuse. Sometimes the courts of the view that that only happened, uh, it's situational because mm. you were separating mm. and that now that the heat's gone off, maybe that stuff is a, is a thing of the past. Mm. Okay. Um, and it's really hard uh, for um, a person who's been through family violence to accept that mm. and to then send their children to the person who they are avoiding at all costs at the moment because mm. the court's very active in keeping victims, the, the adult victims of family violence away from the perpetrators and mm. there's some really good systems in place now. But I, I personally um, think the court could do better in terms of protecting children. Mm. Um, but there there is a large body of evidence and I'm not a psychologist, yeah. general advice only anyway as far as law, but there Everything I read um, in the Institute of Family Studies, the reviews that come out, seems to say that if the relationship with the abusive parent um, can be managed Mm. so that it's physically safe and psychologically safe for the child, then it's better to manage the risk and have the child go than have the child grow up without a connection to their parent, Mm. their biological parent. And that is the the balancing act that the court has to do. Mm. And really, it's really hard as, as someone who committed, who, who committed, who was a subject you committed to, it. no, I didn't. No, you were subject, subject to it. Yes, yes, subject to family violence. I've been there. I understand all this, mm. um, how it felt. It's really hard to accept that someone you wouldn't go near ever again is someone that you would send the children to and this mm. concept of an ex- acceptable risk and that the risk could be somehow mitigated or reduced By if the other person doing something. Order. Yes, <laughs> and, and that so, they might have to go to counselling. So counseling. let's talk about that. So the, so the court safety guards seem to be things like going to counselling or contact centres, or but that's short term. Yes, they send um, both parties to counselling yes. in case, you know, it, the problem is you. Yes, Oh, that's like the Taylor Swift song. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. And yeah. in those, in those, oh, I hear those stories where they say, you know, oh, but they told me it was my fault because I made them angry, or you know, and that's the physical side of things. But it just, and and I think the court sending them to counselling is like saying you are part of the problem, which which, it's which not is hard it, to swallow. Yeah, but let's let's not get digressive. No. Okay. So w- what I wanted to point out, you were saying about this ris- this risk thing. So, yeah. So how does the court? So it's domestic violence. The court doesn't determine violence. It, they, do they? They don't sit there and have a trial on whether there's family violence because that's the other court. Uh, no, they do. They they. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big part because remembering that the structure of the Family Law Act about kids mm. is that. The objects of the act are that the kids have the right to be loved and cared for by both parents, mm-hmm. and then the um, the two primary concer- considerations are one uh, that that the children should have a good relationship with both parents, and two, a uh, second one is to protect the children from physical, psychological, and emotional harm. So the court has to explore those issues, okay, and the court has to make findings about them, um, like come to a decision about them, because the third part of that 
in, in relation to those two primary considerations, relationship and protection. Um, the, if those two things are very finely balanced and there's a need for a child to continue a relationship with a parent who they may love mm-hmm. um, compared to the risk, then if they're exactly equal, the court has to decide to protect the child and not send them. But but they make a, 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 a decision really about is the risk to the child so great that they should have no contact with their biological parent. Mm. Um, so that's what that risk thing. So it's mm. unacceptable risk. Or risk, yes. Or risk. And, and so, I, what's the, so can you explain? So courts, family courts sit down and they decide, okay, so if, if someone raises and says there's family violence that's happened mm-hmm. in the past, does the court have to then go either they're an unacceptable risk or a risk? How do they decide yeah, that? Yeah, or no risk. Or no risk. So, so they're the three options. Um, they take in evidence. Mm-hmm. Here people... Uh, in the witness box, uh, you have to produce evidence, and we're going to and give we're you going our to talk five about tips. That. Five tips, yep. yep. How you present, what you present. Uh, they will um, presumably someone will subpoena the police records and mm-hmm. so forth. So the court, whilst there's that, you can easily convince them. No, you can't easily, but you may have evidence of of what happened before you separated mm-hmm. and the violence. Um, they also seem to need something to to show that it's going on. Right. And also if the other person having committed violence, uh, family violence, doesn't try to get any help, so, you know, that then that might be a, an unacceptable risk. Right. Okay. Mm. So the court has to decide whether the, the person who's committed violence in the past is unacceptable risk or just a risk mm. or not a risk. That's and right. then they make their decisions on parenting Absolutely. time with the child based on that decision. Yes. So they, they, they do have a concept of kind of rehabilitation. If if a person acknowledges what they've done and they show willing to get some treatment, um, then that really can reduce what would have been an unacceptable risk to just Can I risk. ask a question, though? Is that literally just what every person who's been accused of family violence just goes into court and says, oh, yes, I'm sorry, I don't want to do it again, and I'm trying really hard? Is no. it pretty much... Oh, no, there are other people that go in and say, I'm not a bad person. Probably 50-50. Right. So, so if um, someone's done something wrong and they have... They're, they're humiliated by having done it, mm. um, you, you would expect them to automatically go and get help and try to change their reactions. Yeah. Um, it's very, it's cynical of me, but sometimes if a court has to make an order that a person who's done something wrong must go and get counselling, mm. I would point to that in my submissions um, in the final trial as evidence that they they haven't taken it on board. If that, you have to be if, ordered to go yeah, do it. They, that's right. Yeah. They only, they're just like a two-year-old saying tar to make you let go of the biscuit. But that's the court's way of ticking the box saying, I've done my duty by protecting, the, making sure the kids are safe and not because they're going to see a psychologist. Yeah, well, that is one of the ways. But I I don't think the court at, at, a, at a final trial, I don't think it's that cynical. Mm. I think... It's them trying to do the best they can. Okay. See, what they used to say uh, um, about f- family violence is it's the easiest thing in the world to allege mm. because it generally has happened behind closed doors. There's hardly any, ever anyone else there. Mm. Um, and it's the most difficult thing in the world to rebut. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes just by the look of a person, you know, if they're ex-army, big bloke, mm. uh, and the 
the lady is diminutive, little mm. with floral tuck shop dress on. It's very easy for the court to go, oh, you know, and, yeah. and it can be like people can lie. So anyone who's alleging family violence and are wondering why the court isn't taking it seriously has to remember that many people shamefully mm. have just used it as a tool. Mm. That's terrible because I, I guarantee you anyone who's listening to this is probably thinking, but it's true, it's happened to me. Yeah, and I and I know that maybe those people, because we, yeah. we've met some and we've spoken to some, yeah. it's, it is one of the struggles they have to deal with is asking themselves, you know, but it did happen. Am mm. I crazy? But, I but um, when I went through court um, years, like, decades ago mm. uh, there was no domestic violence legislation anywhere yeah. in australia so it's getting better and uh the thing was if he didn't or she didn't hit the kids then it doesn't matter it yeah. doesn't matter so we're we're moving slowly okay but so there's practical things yeah so let's look at the practical things that we we you you top your top tips but always get mm. legal advice mm-hmm. okay of how you can help the court understand the impact so yes. if it is if it is something that you're urgently wanting the court to understand, mm. there's there's ways to go about it and there's ways not to go yep. about it. And then you know if you've put your best case to the court and mm-hmm. the court still decides mm-hmm. it's an acceptable risk, yes. I, I, the or term grates yeah. for me, um, then you know you've done your best. Uh, hopefully the court uh, officer or judicial officer's experience about how these things play out long term mm. mm. um, might help... At least they've got that information, and if they still make a decision about their children going um, to the other parent, then you'll have some comfort in knowing no, that they're applying best. their experience, yeah. and you've presented your best case mm. for the children. Okay, so let's look at these things that anyone who's listening today, who's going through the the family court mm-hmm. and has experienced family violence, and this is separate to getting a domestic violence order or anything like this. This is all about you know, how the parenting is going to continue into the future. Mm. So some of the things that you've said, Mum, number one is focus on the impact of the children. Mm. So basically what you're saying is the court doesn't care. <laughs> and I know that's hard for people mm. to get swallow as well. The court doesn't care about the impacts that happen to you, a- apart from perhaps maybe if it impacts on how you parent. Yes, I, I think they need to know about it because it also shows the tendency of a person to be violent Mm. so you put that in as a history but do it quite matter-of-factly um i actually like to put it in a list okay oh wow and try to put a date and the event okay and whether the police were called child safety who intervened um put that in a list so the court is under no illusion of of what actually happened and if you can't remember dates then you'd say you know pulling my hair and, and and other things that they did um but then you need to focus on the kids, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so the impact on them. Yes. So if you had a fight um, together, you know, and, and there was violence, and say a hole punched in the wall mm-hmm. or plates broken. The kids saw the it. The kids came out, what's going on? Well, that's physical. What about yeah. how could it impact the children if it was emotional? Okay, so what if a person... Uh, wanted to go to the doctors or go Mm. to visit a family member Mm. and um, the abusive parent, the controlling parent, uh, keeps the keys or... You know, they or they miss out on a party or mm. which is also violence if the kids miss out on a party. So um, you talk about that. So those things, those okay. like depriving of money, depriving of 
time with family, Liberty, isolation. Freedom. Yeah. Yep. So have a little thing. And emotional and, abuse, remember? Yeah. yeah. Mm. And focus on, you know, the children because mm. in the end that's the decisions that the judge is mm. making on is really the children mm. and the impact of whatever they decide is what will happen on the children. Yeah. Yep. And and also I think the Family Law, the DV Act, Domestic Violence Act in Queensland, lists examples mm-hmm. and it includes the children helping to clean up. Yeah. That's exposure to family violence, clean up after the mess. Mm-hmm. Um, comforting a parent mm-hmm. after after a fight like that, oh, seeing the police terrible. come, seeing the ambulance come, mm. um, hearing raised voices, all of those things. Or, or one parent with an injury that's obvious when yeah. they're dropping I mean, them off at school. It's so easy, though, for physical, but it is much harder, much I guess, harder. for emotional and financial mm. to show how that impacts on the children. Yeah, well, it does, though. Mm. You know, they're... That they don't have maybe don't have their school supplies or they're not allowed to go to camp or you know you only get a certain amount of money so you can't do mm. these things with them or you have to ask every time and they maybe say that the child can't go right up till the last minute and coercive controlling mm. conduct uh, can impact on everybody yeah mm. okay we might put a list in the show notes of uh, websites that you can go to to, to, look get, some at, examples. to get some examples yeah because a lot of people with coercive control don't realise they're in a domestic violence situation. Mm. Until someone starts reading it out and saying, what about this? Oh, yes. What about this? Oh, yes. Yes. And the tea thing. Put the tea thing in as well. Yeah. Yeah. Consent. Would you like us to take away the overwhelm of the divorce process and give you the step-by-step guide on what to do at each part of the process and show you how to do it? even giving you the correct wording and legal templates that you can use for your property or parenting agreement? Would you like us to show you how to do your own negotiations and mediations and keep it out of court? Well, then you're invited to the DIY Divorce Blueprint. It is the only training of its kind that shows you exactly how you can do your own divorce, property and children's settlements, mediations and negotiations so that you can finally move on with your life without having to spend thousands of dollars on lawyers and years in limbo. Go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au backslash enroll to find out more today. Join us now. The other one that was really important that you pointed out that maybe a lot of listeners don't know is to help the court understand on what's happened after separation. Yes. Because like you said, the court kind of seems to think that it'll stop after Mm, or the heat comes out of it. So if the family violence continues in one way or another after separation, uh, that is important to Mm. point out to the court to say, look, it's still happening. Yes, or he is, she, but usually he is still angry, enraged, um, you know. So through text messages, stalking. Comments, uh, tone of voice, uh, um, in, insisting on things happening a certain way, mm-hmm. again withholding money yeah. um, for you, uh, withholding reasonable agreement for the kids to do stuff. Yeah, um, just sort of a continue. So you show the court that that um, even though it, it escalated at around separation, mm-hmm. you're still separated, and it's still making that other person angry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number three, making it matter of fact. Mm. So, what? Just focusing on the facts. Yes, yes. It's it's try not to 
um, use words like incredibly, unbelievably, terrified, sobbing, try to be, yes, so tight. Every time. Yes, so just be matter of fact. And again, it's kind of like a a little list. And when you notice, use the incidents. Don't, you you could say she always made me feel guilty if I went out, so I didn't used to go out. Instead of that, say, she didn't let me go to golf, um, but as in she took the keys to the car, or she wouldn't let me go to golf um, because she threatened to, I don't know, take the kids and leave. Not speaking to someone is a really big red flag. Mm. And uh, often if someone hasn't spoken to a pe- person for a long time and then the person leaves, mm. the you know, um, then suddenly they they want you back. They want yeah. to talk about it and all yeah. of that. But that, the court is really getting much better at recognising the ways in which control okay. manifests but itself. But what's important in this point is to make it matter of fact. Um, so the wishy-washiness of Mm-mm. saying, and, and I understand it must be hard for people to look think mm. back, oh, my gosh, what's happened it's all been a blur, but mm. really think about it. Okay, what are some incidents? Yeah. Maybe ask your friends. Say, hey, you know, when are the sometimes you've seen that you know yeah. that controlling behaviour or yeah. when imagine, I've been in trouble? Imagine you've got the words for instance yes. before each one, and give the court some examples. Again, like I say, um, for writing a good affidavit or anything, uh, you need to um, show, mm. not you know, so much as tell them what happened. Don't interpret. Say, like if, if you had a fight and you fractured, you know, you fractured your arm because mm-hmm. um, someone threw a, I don't know, a doorstop at you, mm-hmm. um, you would say on this date uh, he picked up and threw and we were in the lounge room at the time, the kids were here at the time, um, this happened. As a result, I had to go to the doctors and here's the x-rays. Like just really keep it practical. Yeah. Um, and that helps the court yes. understand how it was. And and I guess it'd be really hard for a court if you just say, this, and, and sometimes he did this to me or sometimes she did this to me, but there's no evidence. Yeah, or worse, that you use the words family violence. Um, the most useless line I think I've ever seen in an affidavit, not one of ours, mm. <laughs> was um, he frequently committed family violence. Okay, so that's a waste of time. But Well... Yes. Well, it doesn't really show anything. It's an assertion it without anything. proof. Yes. And, of course, uh, the other person responds, I did not commit family violence. Mm. <laughs> so, so what would be better was on these days, this happened, yes. this happened, this yes. happened. And the judge can go, oh, that's family violence. Yes, and here's the proof. So, you know, he only let me have $100 a week. Yeah. Here's the proof. Here's, here's the my proof. bank statement. Okay, so let's have a look to under- to help the court understand. Uh, focus on what's happened after separation. Yes, as well. As well. Um, Then focus on the impact of the children. Mm -hmm. Make sure the – okay, uh, make it matter of fact. And then we have two others. That's documentation. So Mm -hmm. I know we kind of kind of just touched on it, Mm -hmm. but documenting anything that happens afterwards, any interactions that are – Violence. uh, uh, Control. You'll take a while to realise. Like it's really – um, I think it's in the Bible they talk about the scales fall from your eyes and um, a lot of stuff you were prepared to put up with in the relationship and shortly thereafter. As time goes by, um, mm. as a famous person once said, you go, well, excuse me, hang on, mm. hang on a minute, you don't get to, mm. yeah. And so you may have to go back and fill in some things that you didn't think were 
important mm. at the time. Now, there's a couple of reasons for doing that, what, that documenting. One is it's a contemporaneous, like done at the same time, usually for the court and for reference to things. But also um, sometimes when you tend to minimise things, you, you say, oh, it wasn't that bad, or you might have even blocked it out. Yes. Um, it's only when you look at the cumulate, cumulative effect, when you go back and read um, the document and see it as a pattern, mm. um, it will stop you going soft on it and feeling like it wasn't that bad. It'll stop. Um, it, it just helps keep it real for you. Well, not only that, I think if you've if it's your lived experience and you've been living it for years and years mm. and years, you probably handle it a lot better than someone who's never dealt with that kind of behaviour. But if you present that to a judge or a, or a lawyer and go, mm. okay, well, this is what happens on a daily basis or a weekly basis, they're going to go, holy moly. Whereas to you, you'd be like, eh, I've been doing it for yeah, months. You know, yeah. I just, I'm kind of used to it. And that's what people do get used to it. That's how you know coercive control creeps in that's right because they just start a little bit and then a little bit more a little Mm. bit more to the point where then you're just used to it it's what you put up with out of love usually so and then that's creeps so documenting is a great idea also i think for a lot of people that i've met going through divorce everything's in the air their lives are upside down their whole world is unstable they don't know what's happening. They don't know who's going to live in the house. They don't know when they're going to move. They don't know who's going to have the money. kids. Yep. The last thing they're going to remember is every instance of, mm. of family violence to write down to remind the mm. judges in the future. So you have to do it because otherwise you'll forget. You will. And and often when you ask those friends, mm. they'll go, oh, well, I was horrified the time he did this or she did that to you. And yeah. you go, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Yes. Yeah. And people have like revelations of, of examples of the very poor behaviour and how low they set their own standards mm. to, to accept it. Mm. Um, for years, yeah, I'm not a psychologist, but no. I do think there's value in that journaling as well in terms of healing maybe yes Mm. okay so mum with documentation yeah you did say in another episode i think that if you are going to say to the judge here's some copies of my diary that show yes to be careful because they can ask for the The whole whole diary yes have you ever had any cases where that's happened of course yes 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 bad yep that's right yes Yes. it's been terrible so so um i don't do it of course but sometimes the other side doesn't i go oh well that's an incomplete record please give us the entire diary so then you have and then you've got everything yes so the last thing you want is a family violence ex reading your diary i know i know because it's just a continuation and they probably would love it the court may say yes they have to so keep a separate one right so have and it, it doesn't have you, need to be a diary like you can have a diary for the current that's just for rubbish mm-hmm. um a little black book um, just get a two dollar shop two dollar shop little tiny one dot points yep like and you only know only write in the family violence thing it's also very good for writing when who had the kids and who didn't yes put and all of that in. will be the only thing that you would ever reveal yes to the other side because your own personal diary is hardly relevant yes and and in saying don't that refer is to it either important yeah don't refer to your personal diary otherwise <laughs> mm. you might end up having to give it but the mm. But putting in your diary who had the kids and when can also help. Yes. Not domestic violence-wise, but in the future yeah. for custody issues as it, well. It will. And and sometimes there's a relationship between 
the abusive phone calls and when they've got the kids or mm. is it happening while they've got the kids how's that work mm. you know that's true did and that's they yell could you them. hear the kids in the yeah. car yeah. yeah okay so we've got be matter of fact document it mm. but be careful where you document it uh, focus on what happens after separation as well as what happened during mm. the cohabitation um and focus on the impact of the children on the children yep and then lastly and this one i hate even saying it um and it's sad that but you've said make sure the court doesn't view you as a hyper vigilant yes over the top and is is that just a tactic is that what the court is that something that happens a lot well it's been happening since the 80s um and the court it's kind of a half compassionate but half not it's kind of we understand what you've been through. It's terrible what you've been through. But, of course, that would make you extra anxious and, and it's just your anxiety. It's not really that bad mm. for the children. So they and, and if only that person will go for counselling, everything will be fine. You know what? Why don't both of you go to counselling so you can understand your experience? And it's it's kind of patronising. Kind of. <laughs> but I understand, like, maybe some people are... Oh, there are and 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 anxious and and it does affect because they've been because through they've a been lot. Through hell. Yes, that's right. So, <laughs> so just, try to I keep hate that the out. idea that that oh. that women ha- or men have to hide that or be or be Criticized accused for it. of it. Yeah, yes. I was accused of overinvolvement. Yeah, with oh, the children. I know. I know a man who was yeah. accused of being um, paranoid or hypervigilant. Yeah, so, worried. Yeah, so it, it's a nasty little term. Yeah. Um, however. You need to avoid it, and the way to avoid it is by um, not going, I guess, get someone else to look at it and mm. say, am I being a little bit too too far worried here? Have yeah. I drawn a line too far? Because there's kind of a pendulum with de- domestic violence, and mm. one is where you'll tolerate all the domestic violence, mm-hmm. and then as you gradually come out of it, the pendulum's swinging away. Yeah. And then, um, then the pendulum swings sometimes past normal and to a a further point where you think the other person's all powerful Mm. um, and that everything they do um, is a a further assault because it's not just the first time, it's an adding on to Mm. what they've been doing to you for years. And um, the client then, I have to talk to people then and say, well, hang on a minute, you know, we just need to, are you seeing this through your DV eyes, which Mm. is terrible, but we don't want the court to say, oh, too much too over so even though it is completely fine to uh, well, be a person who has been exposed to family violence and then is reacting to family violence and, and dealing with family violence and that makes complete sense but what you're saying is in the family court if if they make that an issue mm. don't give them any fodder for it don't give them fodder for because it. that's a response oh she's over careful um he's he's just super anxious um it's his personality it breaks my brain though because it's basically saying this person's caused family violence to this person and now this person is broken by it Mm. so therefore this person should have the children i don't i think that um it's we're asking the wrong question there so the kids have been witnesses or exposed to family violence um and now um, they're with a the parent who may have been, would have been obviously and understandably affected by the domestic violence. Um, what is the right thing to do for the children and the parents can fend for themselves? Mm. So it, it is hard. That's and it's, it's about the children. It is. 
But so what really any listener out there needs to know is you need to make sure that you are taking care of your recovery, your Too journey. Right. Um, yeah. Because that can be used against you if you struggle. Yeah, yes. Which is insane. I know. It seems so cruel, but it's not about – it's not a – court of justice so much it, it's like they're they're um the court's manifesto or their aim is mm. to make orders in the best interest of the children which will help them grow into the best version of a human they can be and the studies are showing um, that i've read have showing that children who who don't see one of the parents have a much higher risk of um drug and alcohol abuse mm-hmm. uh, unable to form proper relationships in their maturity, Mm -hmm. um, can form an idealised view of a parent if they don't see them. Uh, As Judge Bell used to say, uh, the child needs to know their parent warts and all. Because if you were still a couple, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't know the parent warts and all. So so you go through the court process, Mm. you've you've tried to help the court understand the impact Mm -hmm. on the children. Uh, The court makes a ruling, maybe... They're, you know, so what kind of safety guards are in in orders mm-hmm. to alleviate anybody's worries if they are a subject of family okay. violence and they're worried it will continue? Mm. What kind of things do courts do? Uh, well, the court can make orders that have gradual time to see how the um, potentially abusive parent interacts with the children rather than suddenly having them 50-50, but mm. give them smaller amounts of time that might not trigger their anger and mm-hmm. see how that goes. Uh, they may make orders, at least in the short term, that the per- persons be supervised yeah. and someone watches them interact with the children. The fatal flaw in that arrangement is that they know they're it's, being watched. it's helpful for the kids <laughs> to see their parent because yes. it's safe and so they can develop their relationship. The issue is, uh, and it is, it's supervised for the very reason that it will help the parent behave themselves. However... Then they write a report about the conduct in the in the um, of the person having supervised time and say, oh, they were wonderful, they were perfect, they didn't show any signs. Well, of course they didn't. Because <laughs> they're being because watched. They know they're being watched. It's like having the principal yeah. in the room in a classroom. So, so the only person for whom a supervised supervisor's report will show negative is a person who literally can't help themselves. Yeah. But most manipulative controlling or, yes. you know, they, they actually, they, they don't, they're not violent or the high conflict, they're not violent in their day-to-day lives. They are aggressive towards their, it's why it's called family violence. And it's controlled. Yes, and they know how to stop it, which makes me, makes my blood boil. Mm. And so they know how to stop it in front of a contact centre yes. supervisor and but sometimes those supervisors are completely taken in mm. by how well behaved they are. But but if you look at it as a way for your child to spend time with the parents safely, so they they grow up to be the best person version of themselves, um, it works. Yep. But unfortunately, lately the courts have been saying it's not a solution long term for the children to have continual one hundred percent supervised time forever and ever. Mm. And so. It's used sometimes while the kids are little. It's used before the final trial just as a safeguard. So supervise. Sometimes that's an external supervisor. Sometimes just the changeovers happen at the contact centre. You can arrange that. Um, sometimes a family member supervises uh, so that such and such ha- uh, spends time with her mother slash or her father, um, provided all such time is in the presence of 
and you put one of the grandparents in or something and they'll give an undertaking to the court. So that's another way of doing it. So supervised, sort of family supervised, uh, structured orders, a little bit of time, a little bit of time and then gradually build up uh, or no time at all mm-hmm. or cards and letters or only videos or only so is, phone. is that what happens if they do the little step-by-step increments mm. and then they, there is an event Mm. There is a family violence event mm. with the children. Does it then go back to court and then it's turned to no time? If they've made a little step-by-step in the interim order, it's not really practical. Mm. If it's final orders mm. and the step-by-step is process- progressing, the court has obviously decided that that's going to be okay. It would have to be something very significant mm. for you to take that back to the court. And remember good old Rice and Aspland has to be a real change and so you can't just get the orders and go, oh, I don't like those. I think I'll um, I'll go back to the judge. No, your file's closed. You've got an appeal or you've got nothing. So Rice and Aspen is uh, a case that everyone uses as a standard on whether you can go back to court mm. once you've got final orders, and that is what? Uh, the standard is there has to be a significant change to warrant um, the reopening of the case because the overriding uh, view and it's been this view since the 75 when the Act was enlisted, is that litigation is bad for children. Okay. And so they're not going to let you keep putting them through it over and over again. But family violence is bad for children. It is, my it darling. It drives me insane, oh, I can see. I hate, I hate the yeah. whole situation. And I think anyone who's listening, the best takeaway you can take from this is those, those guiding ideas, and that is... Focus on what happens after separation. Document it. Focus on the impact of the children. Make sure the court doesn't take the view that you're some hypervigilant, mm-hmm. neurotic, crazy crazy lady. And be matter of fact. And, and I think if you work on those things, uh, you give your child the best chance of getting the best outcome. Um, but... You know, it it's a huge topic. And I, and I think this episode, really, we just wanted to let people know because there's a myth going around that if there's family violence, the children don't go back to that person. But that that's not always the it case. It would seem like the common sense answer. Well, that's what everybody who's never been in court assumes, yes. I think. Yes. Well, most people. Yes. But, so I think it's important to let these people know and yes. anyone listening, you know, these are the things you can do. And, of course, we've got the other episodes to talk about the things you can do to help yourself. Mm. Um, but this is to help your children yeah. in, the, in the court matters. Yeah, and you've got to sort of be a really good actor mm. um, and do your crying in the shower and be positive for the children. It's, when you it's say hard. being a good actor, not in court, you mean in, no, around the around kids? around the kids. Yeah. You have to honestly make it like it's fun. Mm. Oh, you're seeing Daddy, that's great. Are you seeing Mummy mm. tomorrow? You know, mm. And be a support person so that they're really oblivious to the what's going on mm. for you and we I'm really sorry that you're going through this. Yeah, it's, it feels horrible to even have to tell people this kind of information, mm. but it, it, education and information is power. It's power, that's and right. And if you don't follow this, you know, the outcome could be worse. Yeah, general advice. General advice only. <laughs> so you must go and see a lawyer yeah. and get some advice. But if you have your head around the process before it starts, yes. you've got a better stead. Yes, that's right. Okay. There are out there, aren't there, some guides for people who have been accused of family violence and how to get out of it. I get the vibe oh, there is. I think there are. Yeah, yeah. and maybe maybe to, to, to cause trouble because, gosh darn it, do we get attacked all the time yes. by these groups. We could do an episode on their playbook. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know it. Yes. Well, you, you come across it all the I time. I come across it all the time. And you go, oh, I know what song sheet you're singing from. Yes. So maybe stay tuned. We will do one of those so you know what you might be up against if somebody's trying to get out of oh, and the And give them a response to it. Yes, yes. Because it shouldn't, like to me, when it happens, I go, oh, yeah, I should have seen that coming or I actually do see it coming. And mm. I can tell my client, listen, the next thing's probably going to be this. Mm. And it just makes you feel so much safer when the, and and they seem to be so much less powerful when they're just doing predictable things. Yes, so yeah. that, that would be a good le- good um, podcast. Lauren. Wonderful. All yeah. right. Hopefully, this was helpful to anyone. Again, it's general advice only. You must go see a lawyer. Do what yeah. it is that and each keep individual safe. case and keep safe. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Mum, for that one. That's okay, okay darling. Bye, everyone. everyone. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.